This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Thursday, December 11, 2008. I'm Caleb Brown. In Zimbabwe, rising deaths from cholera have once again raised the alarm about the devastation wreaked by the Mugabe regime. But what stands as the greatest threat to Robert Mugabe's power? Marion Tupi, a policy analyst at the Cato Institute, offers his thoughts. There has always been criticism of Robert Mugabe emanating from uh, Western countries, Britain, the United States, uh, and so on. Um, certainly ever since he embarked on his uh, disastrous policy of expropriating the commercial farmers that has led to uh, the country's uh, economic collapse. But uh, we are finally seeing a... Um, uh, critical critical comments, critical attitudes emanating from uh, Africa as well. Uh, it is regrettable that for almost a decade, most African countries simply uh, regret uh, simply did not criticize Mugabe, and uh, that uh, uh, that uh, has begun to change in uh, recent years. But certainly since the outbreak of cholera, which killed. Uh, by now, approximately 600 people and infected another 16,000. The African voices for uh, the end of Mugabe's rule have certainly become louder. In all the criticism that we're seeing, Kofi Annan says that Mugabe has failed to bring his country out of this crisis. There's so little focus on uh, all of the specific actions that he took uh, to plunge his country into the crisis that it's in. Obviously, Kofi Annan and the group of elders, as they are known, have been instrumental to uh, putting Zimbabwe back in the news because I think that there was a bit of a fatigue uh, with regard to Zimbabwe stories in the last few months. Um, And uh, he and uh, Kofi Annan and Grasa Machel, they uh, really brought the world's attention back to the humanitarian crisis, uh, which is destroying Zimbabwe. You are absolutely right that um, th- this this hopefully final chapter in Mugabe's rule was preceded for almost a decade by uh, an ever-increasing strangulation of the economy and of the political sphere in Zimbabwe. And basically uh, what uh, we have been seeing is that as, as Mugabe became increasingly economically and politically repressive, uh, the economy deteriorated further. And um, with it, of course, living standards um, have completely collapsed. Longevity has collapsed. Uh, the uh, violence and disease are spreading. And uh, for the first time, we are seeing cracks in the Zimbabwean ruling regime. We had the army um, on rampage in Harare uh, last week. And uh, what that seems to be suggesting that we are finally, after almost a decade, seeing uh, seeing at least what I would call beginning of the end of the Mugabe rule. I, s- I really think that uh, they cannot maintain uh, power for, for much longer. They've simply run out of money. They've run out of uh, places to hide. Um, they, uh, they are facing uh, insurmountable challenges in order to keep in power. Haven't we sort of been here before with... Uh, with Robert Mugabe and uh, with the elections most recently and some criticism coming from, uh, you know, Desmond Tutu, from Nelson Mandela and and others. You know, have we sort of been here before? 
<laughs> it certainly seems like a Groundhog Day, doesn't it, uh, when it comes to Zimbabwe. But um, I think that we are seeing certain new elements entering the fray. Um, firstly, the, the Zimbabwean state was robust enough uh, to be able to uh, make enough money through looting of the economy in order to pay off uh, the important uh, power uh, elements in, in Zimbabwe to keep Mugabe in power. Essentially, you have a tyrannous kleptocracy where the ruling party, Mugabe at its head, was uh, um, expropriating an ever-increasing uh, part, part of the economy. And uh, they, were, they were getting funds from the sale of, uh, from, from, uh, the sale of gold and platinum and diamonds and so on. Um, but uh, those companies, those corporations that uh, operated in Zimbabwe and provided the government with uh, whatever limited resources it had, have now finally uh, closed as well. In other words, the economic activity and the, and the ability of government to plunder um, the economy has has really shrunk to a point where they have very little money left. And very importantly, the Chinese government, which uh, supported the Mugabe regime with loans and uh, uh, with, with necessary uh, foreign exchange, uh, seem to have pulled out from, uh, pulled the rug from underneath Mugabe. They have realized that uh, he's a no-hoper, that he's not going to really change his ways, that uh, change is unavoidable. And once the Chinese realize that uh, change will be coming, uh, they, I think, uh, have decided to, to start to make peace with the opposition rather than uh, propping up a dying regime. That combined with um, the cracks in the regime that I've explained give me some grounds for, for optimism. This is certainly the first time that we have seen the army rioting. Uh, the, the rank and file of the army are, like the rest of the population, undernourished. They go unpaid. Uh, they are tyrannized by their superiors. And so um, Mugabe has uh, fewer and fewer options left. Uh, there are some of the uh, news coming out of Zimbabwe seems to suggest that the, uh, the, the soldiers have been effectively uh, disarmed, uh, that they no longer have access to uh, ammunition and uh, rifles uh, because Mugabe simply doesn't trust them. He seems to be able for now to count on the support of uh, the police. But uh, again, as the situation deteriorates further, there will be fewer and fewer people willing to sacrifice their lives for Mugabe. After all, these policemen and army personnel have families uh, who are dying of uh, cholera and uh, who are um, and who are uh, starving. So um, all of those factors, I would say, give grounds for optimism that he doesn't have a long way to go. And of course, once he's gone, then the real job begins of uh, uh, reconstructing the Zimbabwean economy. And uh, uh, hopefully, uh, the new uh, people in charge will have an appreciation for the need of political as well as economic liberalism. Uh, Jimmy Carter has suggested an office of prime minister, that there is no way to uh, set up that office currently within Zimbabwe. Is that a reasonable option? 
the office of the prime minister was supposed to uh, be created as a result of a uh, compromise between uh, the winners of the elections, the Movement for Democratic Change, and uh, uh, the losers, ZANU-PF, which is Mugabe's party. Uh, Mugabe basically refused to leave power and got himself sworn as president for sixth term. And um, essentially, there was some hope that he may give up parts of uh, uh, parts of the uh, parts of the government, some of the ministries, uh, to the opposition, so that they could um, work together uh, at least for a limited amount of time uh, in order to bring about fresh elections and hopefully um, start doing something about the deteriorating economic situation. That has really collapsed because on the MDC, the opposition movement quite wisely, in my view, demanded that at the very least they should have under their control the Home Affairs Ministry, which really is um, equivalent to uh, being in charge of, uh, you know, in the United States, the FBI and uh, the police force and so on. Um, that was very important because uh, one thing that the opposition doesn't want is to have all the responsibility for fixing the economy without having the power to do anything about it and also without uh, knowing whether Mugabe simply one or two or three or five years from now simply turns around and and starts murdering the, the members of the opposition again. So th they had a very clear, in my view, completely justifiable demand that they should have the police force under their protection. After all, it was the police force that was that that has been harassing them for a decade. Uh, Mugabe refused that. Um, to him, power sharing means that uh, Tsvangara is out there um, getting foreign aid and uh, getting... Uh, getting donors to come and uh, replenish the coffers of the state uh, without um, really having having his hands on the levers of power which Mugabe wants to keep for himself. So um, this power-sharing agreement seems to be dead and uh, what the world is waiting for is some sort of a spark that would set off either an internal rebellion or alternatively an African uh, intervention in, in, in Zimbabwe. Marion Tupi is a policy analyst at the Cato Institute. You can read more of his work at Cato.org.